Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. By law, California's legislature and the governor must approve a budget by July 1st, the start of the state's fiscal year. But with that deadline looming, lawmakers and Governor Gavin Newsom still haven't struck a budget agreement. From Sacramento, Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon has more. A handful of budget bills were published over the weekend, but sources close to budget talks say the governor and top lawmakers still have not reached an agreement on a final spending plan. A main sticking point has been a proposal from Newsom to streamline environmental permitting to build new infrastructure projects. Newsom wants to circumvent the regular legislative process to save time. Several lawmakers have also protested the governor's push to include the Delta Tunnel, a controversial water project. The legislature passed a budget bill earlier this month to meet their deadline, but it didn't include buy-in from Newsom. If the governor doesn't act on that bill before Tuesday night, it automatically becomes law. That was reporter Nicole Nixon with Cap Radio. This past weekend marked the one-year anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's Dobbs ruling. It overturned Roe v. Wade, eliminating the federal constitutional right to an abortion. In the year since, 20 states have either banned or narrowed access to abortions, but California enshrined the right to an abortion in the state constitution. On the federal level, Bay Area Representative Barbara Lee is calling on the government to restore Roe's protections. Lee filed a petition in an attempt to force a congressional vote on the Women's Health Protection Act, which would guarantee a person's right to an abortion. Enough is enough. Extremist Republicans around the country created this reproductive health care crisis against the will of the people with their out-of-touch, anti-choice agenda. People should have the right to make decisions over their own bodies. Lee's petition needs 218 signatures in the House to force a vote. It currently has 212 signatures in support. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too 
at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. A 2017 law to streamline new housing construction and override neighborhood opposition has been hailed as one of the most successful tools in the state's toolkit to help solve California's housing crisis. But this well-intentioned legislation is producing some unintended consequences for a small and underserved community in one of the richest counties in the state. My California report colleague, Mari Bolaños, has more. About 10 residents rally on the sidewalk near the Highway 101 exit in Marin City. It's the only way in and out of the small, unincorporated community tucked near the Richardson Bay in wealthy Marin County, just north of San Francisco. That's where developers want to build 74 affordable apartments on a one-acre lot. Elizabeth Talley was born and raised in Marin City. She says the new development will create more congestion on the neighborhood's narrow streets. No one talked to anybody in the community about this project. They just made the decision and even when there was opposition, they continued on with more plans. That's because the developer filed this under SB 35. The law allows for developers to get streamlined approval of certain projects in exchange for building affordable housing units in cities or counties that have failed to meet state housing targets. Berkeley's Turner Center estimates that in the first four years, 13,000 housing units have been constructed under SB 35. Nearly 70 percent of those were considered affordable to those earning below 80 percent average median income. Abram Diaz is the policy director for the Nonprofit Housing Association in Northern California, a co-sponsor of the bill. We recognize there's obviously complexities at the local level and project by project. At the same time, universally, where we need more units, the tool has been an extreme help to the state, and without it, we'd be tens of thousands of units short. But Marin City residents argue the area carries the brunt of affordable housing in the county. And unlike the rest of Marin County, which is predominantly white, Marin City has nearly two-thirds people of color. You know, my parents came from Mississippi to work in the shipyards in 1942. So they were some of the very first settlers in Marin City. That's Betty Hodges, founder of the Marin City Community Development Corporation and a member of Save Our City, a group of residents against the housing development. Hodges' parents were a part of a migration of African-Americans from southern states looking for work. Like her parents, they moved to Marin City to work building warships for the U.S. during World War II. In those years, racist covenants prevented African-American families from leasing or buying property in most of Marin County. So Marin City became home for low-income Black residents in the county. Hodges says she's never opposed affordable housing, but she wants to see wealthier parts of the county build their share, too. And the reason it becomes so important is Marin City is probably almost totally built out. And ironically, the so-called affordable housing may not be affordable for Marin City residents at all. In accordance with SB 35, the developer has to make a certain number of units available to households making 80 percent of Marin County's median household income. But that's significantly more than the average income for Marin City residents. Save Our City says they've communicated these concerns to the Marin County Board of Supervisors, but the county has maintained that their hands are tied due to SB 35. Still, the board approved $40 million in tax-exempt bonds to help finance the project, even after pushback from residents. 
Marilyn Mackle has lived in Marin City for 12 years. She says the decision is hard to take, especially because the Board of Supervisors has a long history of racism. And they treat Marin City like a plantation, and they're the overseers of this plantation. So they don't involve the residents of Marin City in decisions like this. That's why Save Our City is suing the Board of Supervisors to reverse the controversial $40 million. The Board of Supervisors declined to comment on this issue due to the pending litigation. As for SB 35, Mackle says the law should make exemptions for communities like Marin City that already have substantial affordable housing and environmental risks. For The California Report, I'm Madi Bolaños in Marin City. And that's this edition of the California Report. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians. A new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org backslash lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation. Working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.